Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. It's great to be back with you folks. Here we are and uh, going through the podcast, going through the book of Job, we're on the last chapter of the book of Job. And we're kind of excited about this. We we promised throughout this podcast that we would uh, we would take you guys to a place where everything gets better, where things turn around. We're there, Stephanie Wesco. We are at that place when things get better, when Job gets released from the craziness, uh, when he's turned from the captivity, when his life turns around. We're going there. We're at that place. This is an exciting day. So uh, Stephanie Wesco is with me as always. Stephanie, how are you today? Doug, I'm doing pretty great. I'm excited to read this last chapter of Job. And, um, you know, God gives us, he didn't have to, but God gave us this last chapter, um, I think, to remind us that he's good. He is And he loves us. Oh, boy, he is good, and he loves us. And uh, uh, how's your environment? Are you in a good place this morning? Are you in your van uh, getting a good phone coverage this morning? Yeah, I am, I think, getting better phone coverage than my previous location for recording, so that's a good thing. So praise God. It's all about phone coverage when you live out in the country, and uh, we're working on that. So uh, so we're going to hop right into chapter 42. I'm going to ask Stephanie to read this. As, as you can hear, uh, I'm starting to lose my voice again. So <clears throat> I'm going to work on drinking down something to make that a little better. So Stephanie, if you'd be gracious enough to read chapter 42 for us, we'd appreciate it. All right. All right. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak, I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Wherefore I abhor myself, and repent in dust and ashes. And it was so, that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, the Lord said to Aliphaz the Temanite, My wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends, for ye have not spoken of me the thing that is right, as my servant Job hath. Therefore, take unto you now seven bullocks and seven rams, and go to my servant Job, and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering, and my servant Job shall pray for you. For him will I accept, lest I deal with you after your folly, in that ye have not spoken of me the thing which is right." like my servant Job. Praise God. So Eliphaz the Temanite and Bildad the Shuhite and Zophar the Namathite went and did according as the Lord commanded them. The Lord also accepted Job. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Amen. Also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then came there unto him all his brethren and all his sisters and all they that had been his acquaintances before. And did eat bread with him in his house. And they bemoaned him and comforted him over all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. 
And every man also gave him a piece of money and every one an earring of gold. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep and 6,000 camels and a thousand yoke of oxen and a thousand she asses. He also had seven sons and three daughters. And he named the name of the first Jemima and the name of the second Keziah and the name of the third Karen Hapik. And in all the land were no women found so fair as the daughters of Job, and their father gave them inheritance among their brethren. After this, Job lived Job an hundred and forty years, and saw his sons and his sons' sons even four generations. So Job died being old and full of days. Man, I'm telling you what, that just wound me up. That just turned on everything preacher and crazy about me. Uh, I mean, you know, here we are, and and God is literally uh, bringing an end to Job's suffering and, and and letting him live a normal life again. And but you know that the great thing that God did. So there's hope for any relationships, folks. I think the great thing. And by the way, my uh, my bottle of water really helped my throat. Thank you for reading. Uh, I think um, bringing back those friends, bringing back the brethren, bringing back the brothers and sisters, bringing back the people who badmouth them, ending up with just thousands and thousands of animal that can feed you and, and uh, female donkeys that can work the fields and all these different things going on and on. I mean, this is, uh, this is unbelievable. And then he lives this long, healthy life and, uh, and then it says, so Job died being old and full of his of days. And I don't know about you, but I want to die being full of my days. I want my days to matter for something. I want my, I want my days to count. I want my days to reach a place. So there's a lot going on here, Stephanie. I mean, wh what came to your mind? I heard, I heard you got a little tender there when everybody came back together. What was coming to your mind as you were reading chapter 42? When I think of Ecclesiastes 3.11, which um, is a verse I still have to go back to and remember that God's promises are true, but the fact that God makes all things beautiful in his time. And God, that verse hadn't been written, but God was the God, same God in Job's day that he was when Solomon wrote that. wrote that. And God did make everything beautiful for Job in his time. And... Um, you know what, as I read the way God, as Job humbled himself before the Lord and just said, God, you're God. And this isn't about me. It's about you being glorified. And that God did things that Job could have never imagined in the midst of his trial. Yeah. And I love the way that God says to Job's friends, Ye have not spoken of me the thing that is right, as my servant Job hath. Job's friends had not come to that. They were never broken. Yeah. This book ends with them not broken. Are they scared to death for their lives? Yeah, but they're not broken. We never see that, his, that those men broke. They obeyed and did as the Lord commanded them. But then it says, the Lord also accepted Job. And it's like they... They were content to stay nominal. Job 
became broken and contrite and humble before the Lord, and God honored that. Yeah, and and, and, and Job prayed for them and changed everything. Yes, yep. Job forgave his friends, and I mean, I think there's a lesson there. Yep. Uh, I think there's a lesson for all of us there that praying for the yep. people who do us wrong. And, yes. and then God took care of his friends. I mean, yeah. that, that's just that's just in a different place. I want to tell you a couple things as you're talking here, but I, I wanted to go back to something Elizabeth Elliot said in her writing and also to me in person. But she, she said as she looked back in times, remember Elizabeth Elliot, uh, husband was martyred and, uh, you know, killed by the tribes along with those other men. And down in the, uh, you know, the, the rainforest. Ecuador. And, yeah, in the Ecuadorian rainforest. And that's where I was going with that. And, and they asked her one time, what was the big, toward the end of her life, you know, what were some of the biggest things that, you know, learning points? And she said, for me, my trials were my school of faith. That was my first experience in knowing how to bow down before an omnipotent God. And, uh, yeah. and she goes on, and some of the other things, she, she talks about faith's most severe test come when we see nothing, but when we see a stunning array of evidence. And sometimes, you know, when we say God's not with us, I've said it, you've said it, Stephanie, we probably, probably everybody we've ever met who's been a Christian longer than three days, especially those serving in the ministry, have made the comment, I don't see God, I don't know where God is with me. You know what I'm saying? So many people have said that or that has come to them that I think um, it's the evidence. It's what, what Liz, I think, is talking about here is the evidence. I remember talking, to, I, and I've made this comment before in this station, I had the great opportunity to meet Elizabeth Elliot uh, over in the old Soviet Union once the walls come down in Ukraine. And some of the conversations I had with her were moving. And uh, she talked, she looked at her life as a, uh, a school, like a college for the Christians, or, you know, she mentioned how, you know, what she had went through, obviously, martyr, the man that she loved, the man that she married, her first love, her first true love. Uh, and, and then she talked about how God used her second husband who died, he, just a bit older of a man, and, but how he taught her how to live, how God used him to teach her how to live. And, and you know, then I get to Amy Carmichael, and we, we read these things, you know, and and uh, we get to, and by the way, Liz married a wonderful man uh, who was her husband up till she died, her third husband. Uh, she, and, uh, but Amy Carmichael went through a lot in Indiana. And 1912 for her, she writes, was a, a time of stripping. It was a time the power allotted to the enemy seemed at times far beyond the limits the love of God might set. The first blow came when her spiritual mother died in Indiana. Four days after... Uh, after that, Lula, a precious convert, saved of unspeakable horrors as a temple girl. I mean, if you read the book, she was raped, molested, all those things, treated as trash her entire life. Just one week later, the master stroke the death of fellow missionary uh, Thomas Walker. Uh, Amy Carmichael was stripped of three of her most treasured earthly relations during that time. And uh, uh, and then kind people, she writes, that you know, the, the book, her biography says wanting to console her made the usual observation it's very hard to see how hard how this can be for the best we are not asked to see said amy we we need when we we know 
We know not the answer of the inevitable. So she wrote, this is old English. Why but the incontestable fact that it is for the best. Others with a sigh and a shake of the head observed that as difficult for us human beings to escape bitterness, even dumb rage, uh, rage when such things happen. It is indeed not difficult and it is not impossible, Amy wrote. There is only one way to victory over this bitterness and rage, and that comes naturally to us, to will what God wills brings peace. So to will what God's will brings peace, to, to, to will that in your heart, to understand that God's will is best for us, like we were talking about with Elizabeth Elliot, going through those terrible trials and coming out the other end and being able to look back at her life as a school of faith and the loves and the hurts and the pains and putting them all together to be better for God. And Amy Carmichael losing three of the most precious people on earth to her. And, you know, as I'm reading these words, Stephanie, I'm thinking of your uh, redoing the music on Does Jesus Cares? And I wish you could have saw, uh, heard Stephanie's voice when I called her and said, I got a song for you to redo the music on Does Jesus Care? I mean, her, the octave in her voice completely chained it changed. But I think, I think Job is, is answering these questions. He's dealing with the Lord and the answer is yes, he cares. He released me from everything. You know, he turned me from my captivity. When I prayed about my friends, when, you know, God rebuked the errors, he came right out and hit them. You know, he hit the three musketeers there and, and Job prays for them. And then God releases them but the most significant thing is when, when Job uh, put his friends up that hurt him, that scorned him, that did terrible things to him, that forgot what he was like to be as a friend, and then God says, you guys are nowhere near Job. Job prayed for you. I'm going to release you. And by the way, Job, the suffering's done. It's all over. You get to have a normal life. And then we get to read the words that everything went well. Now, all trials don't end that way, do they, Stephanie? No. Some trials end uh, crossing the river. Some trials end uh, uh, walking on shore. I know we had a conversation. Stephanie and I, uh, uh, we have weird conversations. We have family conversations with our kids and Debbie. And we've had some pretty telling, learning type of conversations. And we were talking about one of our favorite hymns about heaven is finally home. And Stephanie had mentioned how somebody was upset that it didn't follow scripture word for word or letter for letter. And, you know, my thought was with that was, what a knucklehead. You know, people write, you know, music's not preaching. I know Psalms is, I know. And, and we're, by the way, we're going to, we're finishing up Joy in Jail, this particular study we're in right now. We're, fin we're I'm sorry, we're finishing up <laughs> The Greatest Trials. We're finishing up Joys for Jail in a book right now. Uh, with a lady who's working with us. I think you're thinking about the book. <laughs> yeah, so we're finishing that up. Uh, and then we're going to go to Songs in the Night uh, in the Book of Psalms. And there's a real reason for that. And we're going to let Stephanie explain that. Uh, maybe we've got a little bit of time now. But I just wanted to give you a couple more minutes on Job. Uh, and, and coming out of Job, Stephanie, I mean, what's coming to your heart and your mind uh, right now as we finish this 42nd chapter? God and Job are... Uh, I mean, God's always been great. God has always been good to Job. But I mean, God has turned uh, Job from his captivity. He's released him. What comes to your thoughts and minds as we see this? Well, I think the main thing that comes to mind as I read this was the fact of being reminded 
that Job knew what suffering was about on every level. Verse 11 reveals to us that Job's own family had turned on him. Yeah. And he had literally lost every relationship on earth. And um, and you've been there with some wife. of that, Stephanie. You've you've been yeah. there with some of this, yeah. And that Job stayed faithful. Yeah. And in the midst of his trial, he didn't he didn't give Satan his wish that he would curse God. And did Job question God? Did Job's view of God get skewed and have to get fixed? Yeah. But Job stayed faithful. And as I come away from the book of Job, I'm reminded that as Job did what God expected of him, and that was come to that point of humbling himself and realizing that God is God, and I can trust him, and I will trust him. You know, it's a choice we have to make of, I will trust you, God. I will trust you. And, and, our feelings may scream the opposite, but in your heart and your mind, you make that choice, no matter what your feelings are screaming. Yeah. And as Job did that, God honored him, and God showed himself faithful. He showed himself true. He kept his promise that when Job saw his face, when Job drew nigh to him, God drew nigh to Job, and God blessed his faithfulness. And um, God gave him 10 more children. God did, you know, that tells me God restored his relationship with his wife. And, and you know, in scripture, a husband and wife are often called one flesh. Right. And I think it wasn't just Job that God healed. I think Job's wife was healed too. Yeah. And God blessed both Job and his wife as they chose to, to fixate on him. And he blessed them with children. He blessed them with earthly possessions. And God showed himself strong. And God brought all of Job's, it says, all they that had been his acquaintance before. And it took Job going through all of this, all of the trials, all of this narcissistic abuse, all of this process of God drawing Job back close to himself, all of that had to happen before the friends of before his friends and his family's eyes were opened and then they came and bemoaned and comforted him for all the evil. And I wanna say you guys were a bunch of knuckleheads, but God doesn't say that, so I won't. Um, they were humans and they their vision was skewed, but Job staying faithful God used that not just to work in his heart and life, but to work in his family and in his friends. And so I guess I'm challenged as we finish the book of Job that for me, for each of us that's in the midst of a trial, stay faithful to God. Yeah. Don't 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 look to stay faithful tomorrow. Stay faithful today. Stay faithful this moment. And that moment by moment dependence, living by faith of trusting God for his enablement and his strength and saying, God, I can't get through this, but you're my God and I'm going to trust you and you can get me through it. And to keep our eyes fixed on that fact that God's given us a race to run. Yeah. 
and that there is that crown of rejoicing. There's that, you know, as we lay up treasures in heaven, that that is what God makes God's heart rejoice. And so keep your focus on that and know that God's grace is sufficient in your weakness. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think you're hitting that nail on the head. I, you know, Job, um, just the name Job evokes so many emotions in my life and heart. And I got to tell you, doing this study, going through this and doing the last 30 or 40 podcasts, I think probably 45, 50 podcasts about Job, I think in my heart and in my mind, this has made me a little better. It's made me a little better Christian. It's made me a little better preacher. It's made me a little better person to help as we counsel people. And uh, just again, full disclosure, Stephanie's counseling just a couple handfuls of people all the time through many different trials, mostly women and, and some children. And, and uh, you know, to understand trials, to understand, you know, as I said, the greatest trials, uh, which is what we're going to name the study here that we just went through, and to understand that God can take those things and turn them into something. And to remember that Job, you know, Job did his sin you know, God forgave some of the things coming out of this. And, you know, Job was rebuked for uttering words without knowledge in 38.2. These are some notes I wrote down from two or three different books. Job is challenged to tell God that he knows since he has so much understanding. I mean, imagine having the God of all heaven say that to you. Job is charged with contending with the Almighty, correcting him and rebuking God. Job is accused of effectively condemning God in order to justify himself. Job confesses that he's vile. He confesses that he should cover his mouth up, uh, that he should speak no further. Job repents. That's the biggest thing. And, uh, you know, can I, and he retracts his words here in 42. He's, you know, he's repenting, he's retracting his words. And uh, so I think there's some good stuff here, folks, as we close today. I think, you know, there's a word from God here about those who are converted or who have accepted Jesus Christ, the Lord's Savior, and unconverted, unconverted is uh, for, for a man of Job's character, for Job's wealth, from, for Job's position in life. I mean, Job was a leader of men. He was a king among men. Uh, he had everything, Stephanie, yet he realized that he had to put God in first place. He realized that it wasn't about his righteousness, that it wasn't about things that he had done. And he knew that in the beginning. The truth is, Stephanie, he knew in the beginning that God was awesome. He was chosen, but he got a little bit too big for his britches, even during this very difficult, very demanding trial. Job got a little bit too big for his britches, and he got right with God. He repented. He got right. His life turned around. Can I tell you something, friends, whether you're saved or not right now, if you're not, if you are saved, repent of those sins that are hanging around. Man, God can heal you. God can help you. God can release you. God can send you, can unlock those chains. And, and if you're not saved, we're going to play a message in just a second. You need to get unhooked from the chains of hell. You need to get unhooked from the grasp of the devil. And, and Stephanie, what's, and I know I end with this question every day, what's the most important thing for us, uh, to us, for people who are listening to this podcast today? Well, um, as we end the book of Job, I want, it, it's just a reminder that Job's in heaven because he trusted God, even in the Old Testament, he was looking to God for his salvation. And that's the need still today is that every person accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. 
Yeah, that's it right there. So listen, this very important message we got. We sure do love you folks. We'd love to hear from you. Look us up on your personal pages. Look us up uh, on Helpful Wounded Spirit Facebook page. Thank you and may God bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. One of the more exciting things about our ministry is being able to tell people how they can know for sure they're saved and believe in Jesus Christ and spend eternity in heaven. The Bible tells us there's four things we need to know to be saved. The first thing it tells us is we're all sinners. The Bible says there are none righteous. It says that everybody in the world is a sinner. The second thing that the Bible teaches us is there's a price on sin. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. The third thing and the good news that the Bible teaches us today is it says, but God commendeth his love toward us while we were yet sinners before we were even born, Christ died for us. So we can know we're a sinner. We can know there's a price on sin, but thank God that Christ died for us. Then the Bible says we must speak it in our mouth and believe it in our heart that all we need to do is pray to God, believing in a heart that Christ has died for our sins and ask him to save us in Jesus Christ's name. And you know what, folks? He will. If we can do anything to help you in that area, please send us a message. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources and to help continue this podcast, visit us at Wounded Spirits dot com.